fear of the Lord is the beginning, and I would say the end of counseling. Romans 11. Oh, the depth of the mercy of God. It just leads to worship. Why? Because this God is so infinite, eternal, He's powerful. From Him and to Him and through Him are all things. See? So that's, that's the issue. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the end of counsel. Remembering George Scipione on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. I want us to remember today the life and legacy of Dr. George Scipione. Hebrews 13, verse 7, actually encourages us to do this very thing. It says, Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the Word of God, and consider the outcome of their way of life, and imitate their faith. I think Dr. Scipione is a man that we would enjoy to emulate. I learned so much from this man, even in a short period of time that I got to know him well. My love for history, particularly history of the biblical counseling movement, uh, George was always a guy that uh, was willing to share. And what was interesting to me about Dr. Scipione is he wasn't telling about things that he had heard. He was uh, telling me things that he experienced. He was in the room when the biblical counseling movement was beginning with Dr. Adams and hearing what was going on and and sorting uh, out some details and some of the challenges that they faced and um, some of the the battles that they they faced in uh, what direction to go and how to think about this ministry of biblical counseling. Another reason that I really appreciate Dr. Scipione was his genuineness. He was a man who was deeply convicted and very strong in what he believed the Scripture taught, uh, but was very gentle in the way in which he went about teaching and training, very passionate, but also very kind. And so I really appreciate Dr. Scipione. For me to have an intimate audience with him, uh, to me, was one of my favorite things, to just kind of get him in a corner and really just begin to ask questions to, to learn more about uh, what happened in some of the early days. One of my favorite stories of Dr. Scipione uh, is when he shares his testimony. He talks about uh, going to seminary and wanting to uh, be involved in the things of God. He's sitting in a seminary class and he realizes he doesn't know God. Um, can I just pause for a moment using Dr. Scipione's testimony? And First John actually warns us consistently to... Um, to, to see, evaluate whether we're in the faith. And Dr. Scipione was, was willing to do that. I'm sure you're at seminary and, and you're embarrassed to say that, man, I don't know the Lord. Uh, but what's more important than, than knowing Christ, regardless of what man may think about you? And Dr. Scipione is a great example where he then lived a very faithful life, a genuineness in spirit, uh, for the glory of his master. And I love to hear him talk about the beauty of God, the holiness of God, um, the call of God on our life, and how sweet it was to him to walk faithfully with the Lord. And I'm so glad today that you're going to get a snippet of that. We're going to uh, give you a 15-minute shot of uh, some teaching from Dr. Scipione uh, as a way to remember him, to remember. I think this podcast gives you a little bit of insight into some of his humor as you listen to him speak, uh, to his personality as he teaches about God, and you'll hear uh, his deep fear of the Lord, but also uh, his sweet and intimate relationship as he walked with the Lord and the way in which he encourages you as you listen. So so will you join me in listening to this brief section that Dr. George Scipione uh, delivered that we have recorded for you today? What's lacking in Western culture in general, and even in churches in the United States, 
What's missing? I believe it's this. It's simple. It's a lack of view of God's holiness and an appropriate response from human beings. Say it again simply. It's a lack of an appropriate understanding of who God is and his triune fullness and an appropriate response to who he is. That's the problem. Most supposed believers that I deal with, perhaps you also, I trust that you're not here today, unconverted. You could be. I got to seminary unconverted, uh, seeing Jay Adams in action. It's part of my conversion. I won't waste the time telling you that story, but you know, biblical counseling was responsible in a sense for my, my conversion. I got to seminary and they say, Scipione, you're an Arminian. I go, no, I'm an Italian. Uh, you remind me of somebody in talk, talkative in Pilgrim's Progress. Is that an insult? Yes, it is. <laughs> so that's how dumb I was. I got regenerated. You know, Chuck Smith used to call them cemeteries, but I got raised from the dead in one. So I think it's an eternally grateful thing. And Jay Adams was a big part of that and seeing counseling. Uh, a lot of things that were going on as I sued him counsel, stuff that I had never experienced in a Christian home that I would have known if I read my Bible and seeing God use him and the word to change that person. Uh, just to put it simply, I think most believers in America have a Mr. Potato Head view of God. Everybody know who, who Mr. Potato Head is? You're nodding your heads like bobbleheads, but okay. You know, yeah. I'll come back to that, okay? Um, but the people who have a face-to-face -face encounter with God, what, what, what did they expect? They expected to die. Moses to the bush, Gideon, Manoah. Mrs. Manoah smarter. Hey, if he wanted us dead, we'd be dead by now. <laughs> okay. Um, and Isaiah in the temple, right? Isaiah, I'm undone. I'm unglued. I'm going to have to have every joint in the body have an operation to put it back together again. I've seen... So this idea that we're kind of chummy and Jesus kind of pulls on the sneakers and goes out and plays ball with me is not a biblical concept. So coming back to Mr. Potato, you all know what that is. If you don't, uh, I forget, we got some people from Ecuador and other countries. So Mr. Potato Head is a simple thing. You get a potato. Now, if you don't know what a potato is, it's, it's a tuber. If you know what a tuber is, ask someone else, okay? So it's an underground growth, okay? You eat, you eat potatoes, right? And it's a kid's game. You have these little plastic things, plastic eyes, ears, nose, or whatever, mouth, mustache, and you put in whatever you want. Now, I hate to say it, but I think most American Christians are like that. God is what? Ooh, I like love. I'll take that attribute, put it in there. Mercy, hey, that's a good one. Excuse me, I don't want that holiness and that wrath and that other stuff, that, ooh, that's too upsetting to me. So in effect, what you have is what? An almost an idolatrous view of the living God. How, that should sound familiar to you. Psalm 115, they that what? Make them become like them. So where does an idol come from? Man's imagination. And you craft it, you put it there, and Isaiah goes, the great passage, you know? Hey, you cut down a tree, timber. 
take half of it and you carve it into an idol. The other half you cook your supper over and you go, you made me. Duh. It's one of the great duh passages in the Bible. You, you can't figure out that, that this cooking device and, and the idol are from the same thing. But the problem is, and this is not a talk about that, but you can get into that in terms of idolatry. What is sin? Anyone of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God, a catechism will say. However, what is it? It's I have a view of God, and if it's not the living God, it's an imaginary God, I become like that imaginary God. Remember what it is? They have eyes, but can't see. They have noses, but they can't smell. You know the whole thing. They that make them become like them. And then your New Testament passage, of course, is Matthew 6. Don't up lap for treasures in heaven, right? So man is what? Driven by the heart, and the heart is driven by the treasure. So there's your anthropology for today. Still think someone needs to do a doctoral uh, because a lot of, even in the biblical counseling movement, a lot of differences in terms of how we view people come from a deficient uh, anthropology, and we're not talking on the same page, or the emphasis is on a syllable, and the other one is the emphasis is on a different syllable, you know, and, and, and we get into these, uh, these issues. So um, you can pick any attributes you like, right? I would argue with you, Satan is orthodox. Anybody here doubt that Satan is a Trinitarian? No, he's not. He's a Trinitarian. Chris, I, you can add anything else you want. I'd add five points of Calvinism, Presbyterian. You know, you can add Baptists or whatever. You know, you know, he's thoroughly orthodox. He's just a rebel and does not come to God. Satan's not foolish. James 2. So someone told me this story. They took someone who they thought was an expert uh, to an expert pastor, an old Methodist pastor, and said, hey, is this woman demon-possessed? I think she is. And she's cursing and taking God's name. And says, she's not demon-possessed. He says, why? Listen to her. He says, have you ever, ever read of any demon in the Bible that cursed God? They're scared spitless. Okay. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, and I would say the end of counseling. You know this for real well. I won't read these passages, but... Romans 11, oh, the depth of the mercy of God. And this, it just leads to worship. Why? Because this God is so infinite, eternal, he's so powerful. From him and to him and through him are all things. See? See, that's, that's the issue. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of the end of counsel. Why? John 15 is helpful passage to study later, but what does John 15 says? If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. So it starts with the regenerating work of God and, and this great desire to please our Heavenly Father. We'll come back to that. That's the key of the wrong fear and the good fear. The wrong fear is God as judge, which He is, and the fear of God as a Father. So, uh, if you keep them, you'll abide in his love. There's forgiveness, we're told, Deuteronomy 4, elsewhere. Why does God give us forgiveness? Think about it. Yes, he loves us. He wants to, to free us from our sins. But he does it. Why? He forgives us that he might be feared. 
See, you don't fear God unless you're truly forgiven. We'll come back to that. The starting point again is a fear-driven repentance and faith in the living God and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I know you know this, but you need to get that square in your head. Westminster Larger Catechism, uh, 76. What is repentance unto life? Now listen to this. This is very helpful. Archaic language, but very helpful. Repentance unto life is a saving grace. God gives you the saving grace. You don't lump it up in yourself. Repentance unto life is a saving grace wrought in the heart of a sinner by the Holy Spirit and Word of God. So the first thing is, the Word has got to be central in your counseling or people aren't going to come to fear God. And the Holy Spirit has to be there to bless that Word. You know, the best that you can get with the Bible without the Holy Spirit is what? Pharisee, right? They had the Word of God, but no Holy Spirit, no change, okay? So it's a walk by the Spirit and Word of God, whereby, and then this is very key, out of the sight and sense, not only of the danger, see, I'll come back to the wrong fear, not only of the uh, sense uh, of, of the danger, but also what? The filthiness and odiousness of his sins. See, and if people are not repenting and counseling, we'll get back to this, they won't change. They won't change. So it's the odiousness and filthiness. I can tell you my own conversion. I always knew what was wrong, felt filthy and dirty after doing it, went forward a hundred times. Well, that's a little exaggerated. Protestant version of Catholicism. You know, they go to a confessional every week, you know, I'd walk forward and ask Jesus into my heart every six months, okay? No change, why? No real repentance, why? Because I didn't see God as a personal God against whom I had sinned. I knew I was breaking rules. I knew I was guilty. They told me to go forward and pray a prayer and I'd have peace, but I didn't have any peace, why? Because I, I didn't hate my sins and love the Lord. I didn't see the odiousness I didn't see that I was a, you know, a golem, precious. You know, he never saw the odiousness of himself. Gollum had no self-perception into who he was. So the odiousness of his sins and upon the apprehension of God's mercy in Christ to such as are penitent, he so grieves for and hates his sins as that he turns from them all to God, purposing and endeavoring constantly to walk with him in all the ways of new obedience. So there's a sum. That's the beginning of the fear when I go, I need to leave my sins because it offends God. So real quick, we'll go over three things. Therefore, you and I must learn to fear the Lord. You don't have any fear of God, you won't do anybody any good because you won't be able to convince them because you haven't experienced it yourself. The fear of the Lord is what? This should sound familiar to you, but it is the motivation for the put off, put on. Okay? Uh, the sanctification process. What motivates a person is the fear of the Lord, which includes His holiness, but also His mercy in Christ. So three things we're going to go over. Um, this afternoon, Lord willing. 
and I'll try to get done early so you can ask questions. Um, first of all, the fear of the Lord, what it is and what it is not. Okay, so let's define what it is. Secondly, as a major point, the fear of the Lord and its implications for counseling. Okay, so here's the theology, and this is what it is. So, duh, what does it mean for counseling? Why is it important? Why is it not important? Thirdly, finally, the fear of the Lord, uh, how to teach it. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. Now, if you've enjoyed today, we only gave you a short piece of that, but we want to make available to you uh, this lecture in its entirety. Dr. Scipione mentioned several things in brief, and we want to make sure that you have access to the whole of that teaching, along with several others that uh, Dr. Scipione taught over the years. We've also put a blog, posted a blog as a tribute to Dr. Scipione and his life. Uh, Many who were very close to Dr. Scipione just talking about his faithful legacy as we remember him and honor him for his faithfulness to the Lord. And so in the, in the show notes here in our, uh, on our podcast, you can find the links to both that blog, uh, this particular uh, lecture, and then several other lectures that we've set aside uh, to offer to anyone who would be willing to listen for free as a way to remember our wonderful friend uh, and faithful brother in the Lord, Dr. George Scipione. You can find these resources and many more by visiting us at biblicalcounseling.com.